Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. I'm Bruce Conover, and this morning, this Friday morning, this is prayer school. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get our Bibles out. Let's get ready to get into the Word of God. Let's allow God to speak to us. It is so glorious and wonderful and awesome that every time we open His book, He's speaking to us. And because it's a spiritual book, because He breathed His life into this book, that when we hear it and when we choose to believe it, we choose to allow it to form what we believe about him and believe about what he said then there's a life there's a heavenly life jesus called it eternal life it comes inside of us and quickens us and feeds and matures our inner man as you've heard it said the word of god is faith food well let's trust him right now each one of us we need some light in a particular area of our life And we're going to believe for that. We're also going to look to be encouraged this morning and to uh, have a hope and also be excited that today is an opportunity that we can choose him. (laughs) Good things happen when we follow him. Amen. Father, we thank you for this moment. And Lord, we do esteem this as an opportunity. We could be doing all sorts of things right now. But we have chosen this time with you to hear your voice, to to alter and to form what we believe to what you believe. And in doing that, we become more and more like you on the inside, and therefore we'll be better equipped to represent you on the outside. Holy Spirit, we thank you for revelation knowledge now. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Well, we've been in a session, or I should say a subject matter, of praying what the world calls, what religion calls the Lord's Prayer. And this will be our fifth installment. And so we've been looking at different components of Jesus responding to the disciples. Because they asked them, they asked Jesus, teach us to pray. Obviously, they had heard him pray. Obviously, they saw results when he did pray wouldn't that be refreshing (laughs) for you and i to see results when we pray that's the reason for prayer that's why god gave us this opportunity to pray and so they said teach us to pray and so jesus began to show them and use this prayer uh, as a illustration of the different ingredients of prayer and different subjects that we can pray about obviously there's no way in these several verses that jesus is saying just pray this prayer and all your needs will be met because a lot of this prayer does not pertain to our day-to-day needs that we have you got to dial it in you got to ask specifically 
to get the results that you desire. And so again, this is a blueprint for prayer. And so let's look at these different components that we've begun studying and looking at and considering. This prayer begins in the Gospel of Matthew in the sixth chapter, and it's down at the ninth verse. And again, I encourage you to get your Bible out. Uh, I realize that many of you are using electronic version of the Bible, and that's awesome. That way you have it everywhere you go. But if you have a hard copy, or if you have one of those electronic versions, you have ways to highlight. I'm not sure if you can see this, but you can see here in Ephesians, I normally open to the Ephesians prayer and pray that before I minister. And here you can see highlighted sections of uh, this Bible. Well, it didn't come from the factory and the publisher that way. These are marks and notations that I've made. And then I also, in the shoulder, I've wrote references to other scriptures along the same subject line. So what happens is that every time I open my Bible to a particular page, there's going to be all sorts of notes, uh, things underlined, things highlighted, and it's going to draw my attention to that. And then it'll show me that at one time it spoke to my heart, and therefore it's important to me. And so, I, I, you know what they say. If you've got a dirty Bible, meaning it's all marked up and soiled on the corners of the page, you've got a clean Christian. And if you've got a clean Bible, <laughs> the pages are still stuck together when you open to certain portions of Scripture, you've got a dirty Christian. You see, again, this is food. It's spiritual food for us, our inner man. And so the first component is found in this ninth verse of Matthew 6. And it, Jesus says, our Father, which art in heaven. So notice the respect that you, you see immediately from the King James. He's calling him Father. That's a, that's a term of respect to a parent. And obviously, God is our Heavenly Father. We're now born of Him. And so He takes a, the role of our Father. Notice it says, our Father which art in heaven. And so all prayer, initially, all prayer is going to be to the Father in Jesus' name. You see, there's a, I don't like to use the word legal because people go off and say, well, you're being legalistic and yada, yada, yada. We're under grace. And really what I'm saying is God tells us how to pray. And there's a reason that we pray the way he tells us to. And we'll see in every instance in Scripture, when you see in the epistles and you see in the early church, they all prayed to the Father in Jesus' name. And then Jesus told us that explicitly in John chapter 16, verses 23 and 24. So we need to get accustomed to that. We can talk to Jesus, we can worship Jesus, we can commune with the Holy Spirit, but we don't pray to the Holy Spirit, we don't pray to Jesus. We pray to the Father in Jesus' name. The second component of prayer, hallowed or holy be your name. All prayer is not only de depicting a reverence towards God and putting us under Him, but also it's supposed to be worshipful. We're to have an air of thanksgiving when we pray. 
It tells us over there in Philippians chapter 4 that we're to pray with thanksgiving or the giving of thanks. And so we're thankful, first of all, that we have access to God through Jesus Christ. And also that we're thankful that when he hears us, we know we have what we ask for him. So worship and reverence and prayer to the Father are the first components that we're seeing that Jesus is teaching how to pray like he prayed. This third component and this is something that you and I have to embrace. And I'll, I'm going to talk a little bit further about this concept in just a little bit. But I, I want you to put up your uh, antennas right now and, and pay attention to what Jesus is saying. In the 10th verse of Matthew 6, Jesus is saying that we're to pray. We're to ask this of God the Father. We're to ask him that his will... That's talking about his ways, his plans, his ways of doing things. He's saying that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus here is revealing that there is a difference of what's happening at, in heaven right now and what potentially is happening down here on the earth. And so he's saying it's up to you and I to pray that what's happening in heaven would now happen here in my midst on earth. Now that's powerful. That's a powerful concept. And we made this statement the last couple of weeks that prayer doesn't discover what God's will is. You see, we have a lot of people around us and they're praying for a particular need and they make this understanding that if I get what I'm asking for, then it's God's will. And if I don't get what I'm asking for, it's not God's will. So they're using prayer to discover what God's will is. That's not what Jesus is teaching. He's saying that our prayer creates God's will on the earth. See, because when I pray and I ask, Father, your will in this particular area... I'm claiming it being done right now in my behalf on earth. So what am I doing? I'm creating the heavenly will down here on earth. So prayer doesn't discover what God's will is. Prayer creates what God's will is. Now we need to let that soak in. So if there's an area in my life that I'm not satisfied with, if there's an area in my life and I realize that this challenge that I'm having here on earth isn't a challenge in heaven, then the reason I don't have it is not because God is withholding from me. It's not because he's trying to teach me a lesson. It's not because he's mad at me or I've done something wrong so he's withholding his will from me. No, it means that I, me, I have not created God's will on the earth. It's on me. It's not on God. It's not on any other reason that our mind seems to come up with. I haven't taken the opportunity, whether I did it unknowingly or I just was lazy and didn't pray. I'm the one that didn't create God's will on the earth. Now, we're going to look at this concept right now that God's will here on earth not everything in the earth is God's will 
And we just got that truth from what Jesus said. He would not ask us to pray that God's will would be done on the earth if it was already being done. And so understand that there are two spiritual kingdoms on the earth right now. One is God's kingdom through his son, Jesus Christ, the kingdom of light. And there's also a fallen angel that established his kingdom, his spiritual kingdom on the earth, the devil. And that's the kingdom of darkness. It's the kingdom of this world. And those two wills and agendas are polar opposite of one another. God's will is for us to have eternal life. Well, it's the will of the kingdom of darkness for us to be void of God's life. Is God's will for us to be healthy and to have longevity. It's just the opposite of the kingdom of darkness. And so if I'm experiencing the will of the kingdom of darkness on earth, it's up to me to pray that God's will would be done here on earth. So look at this. The fourth component of this prayer that Jesus is using to teach us how to pray is in the 11th verse. And he says, give us or pray that God would give us day by day our daily bread. Now, this daily bread is just simply expressing whatever need you might have. And it may be a natural physical need. It may be a spiritual need. But notice that we're to ask in this day, today, that we would have that provision, that need that we desire from him. Now, this is one thing that got me excited years ago. You see, I came up with this understanding and I was taught that, that God is so far above us that we're, we're not even on the same level as him. And because he's really busy, you know, he's upholding the universe all day long and he's got to answer the prayers of important people and he's got to take care of this and he's got to do that, that really, he can't really be bothered with my day-to-day needs of my life. I'm just going to have to suck it up and kind of get through it. But that's not the example that Jesus gives us of the Father. You see, Jesus came to the earth to reveal God the Father to us. Remember how many times he said, he says, everything that I say and everything that I do are those things that God tells me to say and to do. So what was Jesus doing? He was showing us what the Father's like because he's doing everything that God tells him to do. So we can say that Jesus was revealing to us the relationship that we have with God the Father through him. Praise God. Did Jesus care for those around him? Did Jesus meet the needs of those around him? Absolutely. For goodness sake, he he took care of 5,000 men at one time and fed them. That was a natural physical need. And he did that all through his earthly ministry. And that is a depiction of God the Father. Now, he, he taught about the Father in this sixth chapter of Matthew that we've been in. And if we go down to the 30th verse... He's he's saying, 
that if God the Father, so he's teaching us about our Heavenly Father, the one that is now our Father because we've accepted Christ into our life. It says that God clothes or dresses or keeps the grass of the field. So he's talking about how if God's going to do, <laughs> if God's going to take care of grass, wouldn't you, wouldn't you consider that a low level of, uh, of his creation? I mean, when's the last time that we tried to have a relationship with a blade of grass? I mean, we're just not on the same terms as the natural creation of God. But yet, even though it's grass, he, he says that he clothes, he cares for, he nurtures the grass of the field. Then he contrasts the value of grass to God and then the value of you and I to God. He says, shall not the heavenly father so much more clothe and take care of you? Wow. Hallelujah. So this scripture tells us that God is willing to supply our daily bread. He's willing to supply our daily needs that we have in life. Now look at this. Then down in the 32nd verse, and this is just about where we left off last time. He says that your heavenly father. He knows what you have need of all these things. Now think about this. At the creation of this earth, before man was ever placed on the earth, God knew what mankind would need. And therefore, he, he plenished this earth with all the natural things that we would need. Whether it be shelter, whether it be clothing, whether it be food, all those things. Just like he took care of his creation to make sure all of their needs would be met, from the beginning, so did he for you and I. So that tells us that he already knew what you and I would need on earth and thus has already provided it for us. It's almost like, this is a pretty weak example, but, you know, we, we think about a child going to school and the mother is at home and she knows he's going to need a lunch. And so she packs that lunch before he needs it. She made provision for that child and obviously put in that lunch those things that he likes and enjoys. I know when my mom used to pack my lunch when I'd go on field trips, she'd always throw in some good stuff for me. <laughs> I don't know if you remember cupcakes. <laughs> what were they? Tasty cakes. We had them in the Philadelphia area. She put in some kind of a tasty cake in there, so I had a nice dessert. She made my favorite sandwich. She'd always even put a note in there. I mean, she anticipated before I needed lunch what I would want for lunch and then provided it for me before I went. And that's how God has done it for you. He knew what you would need today, February 4th, 20. 22. He knew exactly what you would need today, so he's already made it for you. 
yet he says that we have to ask give me father i ask today my daily bread so jesus is giving us that illustration now last week we said that the bible is clear that everything that you and i need has already been provided for in ephesians 1 3 it says that he has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in second peter 1 3 it says that his divine power has already given to us everything we need for life and godliness so these things are already here and so we asked a question if god knows what i need today and god has already provided all that i need today then where is it and this is a question through the the centuries that Christians have asked if God is sovereign and all-powerful and he can do whatever he want how where was he when I needed healing where was he when I had a disaster in my life how come he didn't swoop down and take care of it and that's a question that many Christians ask in fact is that question that has pushed a lot of people away from God some of you know my my story I've told it enough I lost my my father when I was a nine-year-old boy he was he had a bad kidney the doctors couldn't do anything about it and so he went home to be with the Lord and I'm nine years old and then the the explanation that religion gave me as to why I no longer have had a dad was these these things that they would say well God needed another angel in the choir in heaven how many of you know that 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 didn't make any sense to me why would God and they they would use the term take him which obviously is not true if you read scripture that's not what Jesus said over there in John he says that he receives us it doesn't say that he takes us but because of their limited knowledge of the Word of God they, they told me that God commissioned to take my father away from me well how many of you know that that didn't make me motivated to have a relationship with God and I hanged on to that grudge against God until I was 24 years old thank goodness thank goodness that the truth came to me and showed me that there was a personal devil that has come to kill steal and to destroy and it wasn't God who took my dad it was the devil and so understand that God's not withholding any good thing from you and I so let's answer this question if God knows what I need if God's already provided then how come I don't have it well understand that that question arises because you and I have been religiously brainwashed religion or man's opinion of who God is and what God 
does has been taught to us for years and years and years. And this has been happening over a minimum of five centuries. And so it's ingrained in our culture that God is in control of everything. Now, probably most of you have heard this taught. We were taught that because God was all-powerful, because God is all-sovereign, that means he's in control of everything. That means that in life, anything that happens, whether it's good or bad, is the will of God. Am I the only one that heard that growing up? And everybody around me believed that. And everybody before <laughs> I came to the earth believed that. This is something that has been a, a falsehood that Christianity has swallowed and continues to teach for centuries. Yes, God is sovereign. Yes, God is all-powerful. However, in his sovereignty, he gave you and I, mankind, he gave us a free choice. He gave us a free will, meaning that he gave us the right to choose that which we desire. We can choose God and receive him, or we can rec uh, reject God and not have him. We have a free will. So God is not pushing his will off on anybody in the earth. And that's why Jesus has instructed us to pray and ask God for things, because that's you and I aligning our will with his. And that's what gives him permission to give us what we're asking for. This puts prayer as a number one priority in our life. If we're going to be able to receive those good things that Jesus has already provided for us, we have to learn how to ask for it. Let's go a little bit further in answering this question. Is everything that's happening on this earth God's will? Whether it be good things happening or bad things happening, is it God's will? Well, first of all, Jesus already answered that question over there in Matthew chapter 6. He instructed us that we are to pray that God's will that's taking place in heaven will be done down here on earth. Now, why would Jesus ask us to pray that God's will that's being done in heaven would be done down here on earth if God's will was already happening on earth. You see, that doesn't make sense. And the reason Jesus asked us to pray that his will would be done, be done down here on the earth is because everything down here isn't God's will. Remember, the Bible teaches us that God gave mankind the stewardship over the earth. He gave it to Adam. He bestowed. He, he bestowed that authority, that stewardship of the earth up to Adam. And Adam became the gatekeeper of the earth. And so when the enemy came to him, when that serpent beguiled him and, and deceived him, 
and he disobeyed God and gave into the whims of the devil. He invited the devil and his kingdom in the earth. And then we have two wills being done on the earth at that point, directly opposed to each other. And so it's up to us to choose which will we want. And that's what prayer does. Remember, prayer does what? It creates God's will on the earth. Now, if everything that's happening on the earth is the will of God, then why would the scripture, why would God, why would Jesus teach us and encourage us to pray? There, if everything happening in my life was God's will, good or bad, then why am I to pray? Are I just supposed to go with what is God's will? See how ridiculous that is? To just, just to casually say, well, everything happening out here is God's will. That's lazy. That's a lazy conclusion. That's a conclusion made without people studying scripture and finding out really what is going on in this earth today. Why would 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, reveal to us that the devil is the God of this world? Why would Jesus tell us in John chapter 10, verse 10, that it's the devil that has come to kill, steal, and to destroy from us? And that Jesus has come to give us life and that more abundantly. Can't you see the night and day between those two kingdoms? They're completely opposite of one another. And you and I are living in a world where both these kingdoms are endeavoring to influence us to cooperate with one or the other so that we can have what their will is. And that's exactly what's going on the earth today. So God gave man a free will. He gave them the power of choice. And so we're gonna, we are required, because God's, God's a gentleman. He's not going to push anything off on you or me unless we want it. And we reveal, by, we reveal what we want by asking. So because God gave man a free will, the power of choice, we are required to ask God through prayer so that he has permission to have access to our life. And that's exactly why Jesus taught us to pray. And let me take it a step further. This is why you and I need to learn how to pray. Pray. You see, it was interesting. There's a lot of things that I knew early on as a, as a, as a believer. I just had an inner knowing. It was God in me helping me. And I came up with this idea early on that if I could learn how to pray, if I could get the principles of faith, the, the principles of effective prayer, if I could learn how to pray at an early age, then I would be a good provider for my wife, my children, that I would be prepared to enter into service uh, for God in ministry 
because I would have a continuous flow of provision from heaven down in my midst in my personal life. And that's exactly what I did. I even uh, went through a ministry and got a correspondence course on prayer and the principles of faith and began learning in the privacy of my own home how to utilize world overcoming faith that I already had in me through prayer. And I'm telling you, it got me going in a direction that I was learning how to have prayers that, that God could answer. You see, not every prayer that we pray is God able to answer. See, we have to pray according to the guidelines here in the Word of God. Now, I want you to look at Luke chapter 11, verse 9. I'm, I'm almost off this soapbox <laughs> this morning. Luke 11, 9. And I'm very adamant about this subject matter because I see how it potentially stole from my life, believing God that was controlling everything. And I see what it's doing to other people's lives. They're completely vulnerable because they think God's doing these things in their life to, for, for whatever reason. And it's just not true. Now look here in Luke 11. And again, this is Jesus speaking. We're going to look at two more scriptures and then I'm going to cut you loose. I know you got things to do today. Luke 11, 9. Jesus says, I say unto you. Now, when you read a verse like this, I don't want you to look at it him telling somebody else. I'm asking you to see Jesus standing in front of you, eyeball to eyeball, and he's speaking to you directly. That makes this verse so much more impactful. It, it, it keeps it from being just simply information. And it turns into the Lord giving you instructions directly. And he's encouraging you, do it this way. Do it this way. And you know when we do it this way, we become a doer of the word. And the Bible tells us, that that's when we become blessed of God. Now check it out. I'm saying unto you, ask, and asking is prayer. Don't confuse prayer as being some holy writ, some holy thing that you're doing and you've got to hold your hands the right way. You have to speak in a different tone. So you sound so religious and pious. No. Prayer is talking to God. And we shouldn't be putting on airs trying to impress him. He already knows everything about us. <laughs> I don't have to put on uh, that I'm religious. I don't have to put on this or put on that. I can just talk to him face to face. Right? So I don't have to speak in King James. O thou, O Lord, thou art hollow. And da, da, da. that's ridiculous. Just talk to him like you would talk to anyone else that you respect. Just talk to him. That's what prayer is, talking to God. It's asking God. Now Jesus says, ask, and what happens? And it shall be given you. 
Now, what happens first? Do you get what you need first? Or do, do you ask first? Now, I know I'm, I'm being redundant. I know, I know I'm being silly. But you see, if we'll look at this in face value, that those things that I receive from God, I have to ask first. And what happens if I don't ask? Then I don't receive. Right? Remember, prayer, asking, creates God's will in our life. And so what's first? My side is first. What I do is first. And if we could just embrace that, it'll just change your life. I said it'll just change your life. Because then we're starting to have a relationship with God according to the word of God, which is his will. So the asking comes first. The receiving comes after we ask. I'm going to seek. What comes first? Seeking. Then what happens? I'm going to find. Then I'm going to knock. Then the door is open. See how that is? Look at verse 10. This is Jesus speaking again. He's saying, everyone that asks does what? Receives. Now you understand that we have to ask a particular way. We have to ask according to the word of God. We have to ask in faith. And then it says that we shall receive. Now when we begin to see that and we begin to practice that, that's when you and I are going to see answers to prayer consistently. Prayer is not throwing a dart and hoping you hit the bullseye. No, you do it on purpose. Just like a farmer on purpose plants a seed and gets a harvest. It happens every time, and that is true about prayer. Now, this other verse that I alluded to earlier, John chapter 16, verse 24, again, this is Jesus speaking. He says, up to now, that's what hitherto means, up to now you've asked nothing in my name. Now, this is what he's instructing us to do. Remember, he's talking to you directly. He says, I want you to ask, and you shall receive. And that asking is in Jesus' name. In my name you shall ask, so that your joy may be full. You see, prayer should be a joy. Prayer should be exciting. Prayer is doing business with God. Prayer is creating God's will on the earth. Hallelujah. What, what an awesome relationship we have with the living God through Jesus Christ. Now remember, even though God knows everything that we need, even though he's already made provision for everything that we need, we still have to ask in Jesus' name in order for him to respond and give it to us. Remember what Jesus said over there in Matthew 6.10, I want you to pray that God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's biblical prayer on the earth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this understanding that we live behind enemy lines on the earth. 
that we each have a adversary. We each have an entity and a kingdom that is arrayed against us, trying to take things away from us, trying to harm us, hinder us, and get us off track. But Lord, we're free from that kingdom. We've been born again. We've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. And not only has Jesus paid the price for him, for us, he has also given us victory. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith in God. And so, Father, when we lift up our heart to you in prayer, and we ask you in Jesus' name for this and that that you've provided according to your word, Lord, we get it every time. We thank you that our prayers create your will in our life. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving us that ability, that opportunity to have heaven on earth. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm glad you tuned in this morning. Hey, have yourself a, a great rest of your day. Just say, I'm going to have the best day today because of Jesus. And then just have that attitude through the day and just watch things open up to you. It's going to be awesome. Now remember, you are blessed. Go somewhere. Be a blessing. Appreciate you. I love you. Bye-bye.